Can we just start, man? Do you mind just describing what the Maltese is to you? Like if someone was like, oh, Maltese cross or Maltese, what's that? How, how would you describe it to them? Um, I think I would describe it as you're holding your body perfectly horizontal um, in line with the rings, um, using all the muscles kind of on the anterior side of the body. So it's a very much a pressing element, using the deltoids, using the pecs, using the biceps, aiming to hold the body completely parallel in line with the rings. Mm -hmm. Great. And um, yeah, I guess you kind of just answered this as well. Um, the main muscles for the Maltese, uh, what would you say they are? And is there one that wins out overall? Like one that you feel just takes an absolute, uh, gets annihilated doing the Maltese? Um, well, there's, there's kind of three aspects to that in terms of what muscles are re uh, recruited during the skill. You've got the, the, like the main, the main muscles that are actually allowing you to hold the element are obviously kind of the anterior deltoids of the pet. They're the ones that are holding your arms in that position. But then you've got the biceps working over time to kind of keep the elbows stable. And then you've got uh, kind of the core and the mid body working to hold the body in a straight line. So there's three three main muscle groups active, but I would say that the chest and the shoulders are kind of the primary um, muscles that are responsible for actually being able to hold the element and everything else is kind of um, synergistically working to produce the movement. Mm -hmm. Would you say that the, um, the core strength needed is like it needs to be at a very high level? Or, and, or, or would you say that it's mainly like planche, uh, it's planche, but <laughs> mainly like shoulders, chest and biceps that are doing it. And you just need to like, you know, some people say, do I need good core strength for a handstand yeah, but like, as an adult? And it's generally like, uh, yes and no. Like basically if you can stand up without falling over, you have the core strength for a handstand. It's more about knowing when to push through the shoulders or how to push through the shoulders, how to hold the body with that posterior pelvic tilt. Um, mm -hmm. Sorry, I'll simplify. In terms of like the upper body, the chest, shoulders, biceps working compared to the core, are they on an even playing field here or is it so much more about one of them? There's kind of, there's kind of two schools of thought with that. I think generally the, the calisthenics point of view is um, it's all to do with the upper body and the, and uh, traditionally in gymnastics, core strength is really kind of valued. You know, most gymnasts train, train core every day, whereas a calisthenics athlete probably wouldn't place so much emphasis on it. Um, for me, e even though I have a gymnastics background, I tend to side more with kind of the traditional calisthenics school of thought. Um, I think generally core strength is kind of overrated in gymnastics. It's obviously important you need some level of core strength but i think generally if your body's bending or arching that's um that's your body compensating for the fact that your shoulders are not strong enough it's not it's not you know it's it's not a cause it's an effect of something else mm. so for me having having strong shoulders and strong chest is like 95 percent of the, the 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 whole package and then having that extra little bit of core strength is just that that added little bit it's kind of like with front lever um a lot of people, maybe beginners, people who don't know so much about the element, think that that's really heavily targeting the core. Whereas mm. if, you, if you actually look into it, it's mostly just that scapular strength and the ability to retract. And if your body's piking or arching, it's probably because your scapulas aren't strong enough, mm. less so core strength. So I would say, you know, you need some level of core strength in the Maltese. 
but generally if your body shape is deteriorating that's probably just because you ain't strong enough in your shoulders yet yeah um i, I guess you kind of answered the, that that follow-on question is is there any muscle in the maltese that is the predominant muscle or the one that feels the wrath of the maltese the most yeah definitely definitely the the deltoids in the pecs because i imagine it would be so intense on the biceps i don't imagine the biceps would be um the main muscle holding you up but i imagine mm -hmm. that they get absolutely smashed training the maltese it is it is definitely very intense on the biceps but as you said the biceps it's not actually producing the hold it's just working over time to keep your keep your elbow stable and to yeah. keep your arms strong um, so you definitely feel it in the biceps, but in terms of what muscles need to be strong for you to hold yourself up, you can train biceps all day and you, you won't necessarily be able to hold a flat Maltese. That's, all, that's down to strength of the chest and strength of the shoulders. Obviously, you need, you need strong biceps in order to feel like your elbows are stable. And if you feel like if you feel a lot of pressure and discomfort in the elbow, then you're not going to be able to push hard enough and you're not you're not going to be able to exert enough force to hold the maltese mm. but the actual prime agonist for the for the skill is definitely the the chest and the shoulders yeah that that makes sense as well because i'm i don't consider i've ever been strong enough to train the maltese in too realistic of a position uh to get right. a true idea of how much it involves the biceps but if i think about all the prerequisites that i've trained like where you use the blocks um, and have your arm on the blocks to support um, on the cross trainers. Uh, and then even when I'm just in support and leaning forward, um, mm -hmm. all of those still require your shoulders and your chest to work. But yep. they kind of like definitely on the blocks, it takes your biceps out of the equation almost. Like sure, they're mm -hmm. working to keep your arms straight, but they're also supported by the block. And then what the cross trainers are doing and uh when you're from support and leaning you're basically um what's making it easier is that the biceps are less of the equation but the shoulders are always working even from the first prerequisite so it's almost like the biceps start to come into it as you get closer to a true maltese i'm not really asking yeah. a question i'm kind of just like <laughs> voicing my thoughts on it um does, do you agree with that does that all sound accurate like the closer you get to maltese the biceps don't aren't the predominant muscle but the more important they become to holding the position yeah absolutely i mean if you're using any kind of training method which which is reducing the, the lever length of the arm then that's going to massively reduce the amount of work that the bicep has to do so if you're doing anything on the cross trainers or on the blocks where your whole arm is supported then the bicep has it's got a lot less function. It's got a lot less need to contract to hold the elbow straight. Mm. Whereas, um, you know, if you're working with the entire arm, even at a reduced weight, so if you're doing dumbbells or something like that, if the arm is not supported, you're still going to very much feel it in the bicep. So, yeah. Do, do you think? Less... Go on. I, I was just going to say, I would say it's less to do with whether you're close to the full Maltese or not, and it's more to do with whether you're using full length of the arm lever or not. So if you're using your full arm lever, you're going to feel it in the biceps. Whereas if you've got any support at all at the arms, like cross trainers or anything like that, then you're mm. going to feel it more so in the shoulders. Mm -hmm. Do you think if someone, I mean, this is more like a hypothetical because obviously someone would have more goals than a Maltese, but do you think if someone's trained, their sole goal was the Maltese cross, um, mm -hmm. 
they would train the prerequisites for multis, but it would also be wise to train for their biceps as well separately, given that yeah. when they, st like say a complete beginner who's training for multis, they can start by like training on the blocks or something. Their biceps aren't gonna really be part of the equation just yet. Um, would you say things like support position, Zanetti press, and even biceps curls are things that you would do? Like, I'm basically asking, would you want to start to train the biceps as soon as you start to train for the multis? Yeah, I would say 100%. Because as you say, if, if, you're, if your main kind of working sets for the multis at a basic, at basic beginner level are exercises on the blocks and stuff like that, which aren't particularly stressing biceps, then you're going to get a big shock when all of a sudden yeah. you start things without without that assistance so as soon as possible start using dumbbells to do kind of straight arm conditioning uh, bicep curls and stuff like that just to get ahead of you get ahead of yourself and make sure that the elbows are ready for for when when they're needed i would mm. say absolutely yeah um main training for multis I'm think I get like I kind of already asked it but maybe you could uh, apply it to more like a advanced beginner um, or an intermediate trainee what would you say would be the main exercises you would want to incorporate when you start to train for uh, multis cross on rings what's important here um, so I think first of all you need you need absolutely kind of brute bent arm pushing strength so weighted push-ups weighted dips uh maybe even a bit of bench press work just to get those get the pecs and the shoulders like really really strong i think that's super important and often overlooked i think some people start kind of specific conditioning too early but the amount of actual bent arm pressing strength that you need is pretty substantial you know uh, most most gymnasts even though they don't train weightlifting that much most of them can bench press more than one and a half times their body weight mm. so for me being able to do a bench press of like one and a half times your body weight is a good prerequisite for that's huge teams. are you doing that um i've never been able to do that i've got fairly close um but i've never been able to do one and a half times i've certainly been pushing towards it mm. but um, I know a lot of high-level gymnasts that can multis are able to do one and a half times bodyweight bench press. So, and you probably um, need to factor in like the average height and size of a gymnast as well. Like, obviously, the taller and bigger you get, that one and a half times bodyweight bench press is going to become a more like staggering number. Yeah, I mean, whoever you are, one and a half times impressive. But you see what I mean? Like, if you're what do you yeah. say, eighty kilos? Yeah. So that's like a what is that one thirty? 120 120 i've never i've never done a, i've never done a 120 kg bench press but if you were 60 kilos then you would probably find it a bit easier to get to one and a half because that's obviously only nice but how close have you gotten uh, i think my one rep max is about 110 oh you could probably get it if i like if, if i dedicated a strict training block to it i'm sure i could but it's never been like main focus of mine it's just been I'm sure it becomes like gymnastics competition is coming up. So do I yeah. like dedicate more time and energy to a bench program or to my routines? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Not, I've not, I've not been consistently. If I've, if I've properly dedicated like a six month block to it, then I'm sure I could, I could hit that. But um, yeah, that's about as close as I've got for the moment. So I would say, yeah, back to your original question. Like, brute bent arm strength. Brute, brute bent arm strength, particularly with pushing, is super important. And then for me, the best kind of multis 
prepped, the ones which I found most useful would be just uh, Maltese presses with dumbbells, and then when you're strong enough, doing Maltese with bands. Um, with bands, uh, as in like on the rings, using bands? On the rings with bands around your hips, yeah. Um, I see, yeah. I, I've not found that much benefit personally from doing like Maltese on the blocks, Maltese on springboards and stuff like that. Um, I've used it, I've used it time to time, but for me, it, it's not been like super useful. I think it's probably just because it doesn't train the biceps uh, at all. It yeah. feels more, it feels more like a core exercise for me than it does for a shoulder exercise. You're kind of using the lower back to press yourself up. Mm-hmm. Um, so me personally, I didn't gain that much benefit from that. Although obviously for other people, it might be more useful. So I would say that the, the main, the, the main two exercises which helped me with m- most with Maltese would be just presses with dumbbells to get some volume in and then isometric holds with bands and obviously gradually reducing the band thickness. Oh, okay. That's really interesting, man, because I do appreciate your perspective so much more because you're an average size person. And like generally a lot of guys that are like older, as in like, you know, 18 plus that are into gymnastics competition, they're not generally on forums and on youtube and stuff looking up how to train they're in their gymnastics center just working with their coaches and stuff so whether there's value in in that it's not really shared amongst like competitive gymnasts and also on average they're not generally big guys or like average size guys so when someone like you and uh that's why i think calisthenics is so much more popular than like gymnastics for men uh when you look it up online is because for calisthenics there's no like training center that they go to with a coach with a structured program and stuff so we're talking about how we progress in everything um, and can share that online and we can google it or youtube it and find information so to hear you share this kind of information compared to someone who say even was your age but they're five foot five and um like 60 kilos or something. I find it so much more valuable coming from you. So you've kept it simple, which is what I think you should do. Brute bent arm strength, the uh, volume with the dumbbells. Um, yeah. Are you talking about just laying like hollow body position on a bench? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Laying on your back up? and then using dumbbells to lower and press kind of yep. three to five breaths, three to five sets kind of. Three to five breaths. And then um, with the bands. Um, Two questions with that one is yeah. reps and sets as a general guide and how do you set up the band on the rings if that's something that's like you can describe yeah so the the setup which i ended up using was there was a bar uh, like an adjustable height bar at my gym and i would hang rings from that bar and then tie the band to the bar and then obviously ah, okay. the band would go around my hips okay yeah um, i'm picturing you doing it like ring to ring on an A-frame and then like finding a way to put yeah, it on your yeah, hips. I think that would, be, that would be a bit more awkward to work out. Yeah. That, that, was the, that was the best setup that I found was to hang the ring from the bar and then hang the, hang the band from the bar as well. Yeah. And then the elastic sits around your hips. Yeah. Uh, that seemed to work quite nicely and that was a really useful setup. Mm-hmm. And uh, was, the reps and sets for it? Like hold I was doing kind of, I was kind of doing five, five holds per session, maybe two to three times a week. Um, and those holds were normally between five and 10 seconds. So fairly mm-hmm. intense effort. 
Mm -hmm. five to ten seconds on as little assistance as I could manage and then I would go and do my accessory work and that put bits and pieces after that okay and what about um like you again you mentioned the bent arm strength one and a half times body weight bench press is a good guide like there's no absolutes here but um talking prerequisites in terms of gymnastic skills that are similar to a Maltese uh, what things do you think you can also list like general strength, like you need to be able to do a pull up. I just thought that's probably obvious. <laughs> you need to be able to do a dip before you go Maltese. Um, what prerequisite skills would you say you'd like to see from someone before it's even appropriate to be thinking I'd like to be uh, working towards my Maltese on the rings? Yeah, the, the big ones are you need an absolutely solid back lever. So like 10 plus seconds back lever, super easy. That's a big one. Mm -hmm. And it's one that's often overlooked, I think. Um, I would say a, a decent cross is a, a good prerequisite just in terms of the cross obviously trains the chest and shoulders. It's not exactly the same plane of movement, but mm -hmm. if, you've got, if you've got that background of training in the cross, your chest and your shoulders and biceps are going to be a lot more conditioned and a lot more ready for the Maltese. Mm -hmm. And then I would say a minimum of straddle planche before you start working to Maltese, mm -hmm. but not necessarily like a full straight planche because in, you know, in some ways I find that actually harder, especially on the rings. Okay. Okay. Um, that was something that, that was something that I kind of found out and was interested by when I was training for Maltese is I could, I could do straight planche on the parallettes before I learned Maltese on the rings, but I've never been able to do a full planche on the rings. Well, that's because you have to supinate the rings, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That makes it so much harder. Yeah, especially if you're quite uh, tall, like myself, the amount of lean you need for a, for a yeah. full plant is quite a lot. So the actual wood of the ring would get in the way if your hands stayed neutral. So you do have mm. to supinate, that obviously makes it a lot harder. Yeah. So I could, do, I could do straddle planche on the rings, I could do full planche on the parallettes, but I couldn't do full planche on the rings. Mm. So for me, and what do you think was letting you down there? That wasn't something I was expecting. Yeah. And what do you think is letting you down for the full planche on rings? Is, do you think it's strength? Or do you think it's uh, just not enough time in the position yet? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, if I was stronger, then that would that would make life easier. But there's there's got to be something to do with the, the biomechanics of it, because mm. it... I haven't quite figured it out yet, but the Maltese just feels a little bit easier to kind of lock into. Maybe it's the balance aspect of the plant yeah, on the ring. That's what I was uh, thinking. And also also with Maltese, you can obviously kind of cheat and false grip a little bit, whereas in plants you can't false grip. So there's True. no you can't you can't kind of cheat in, in that respect. Yep. So it might be that a Maltese with no false grip was harder than a full planche on the rings, but obviously if you do false grip and cheat a little bit in the Maltese, then that just gives you that slight mechanical advantage to make it a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. You can't false grip in a full planche. Um, okay. So, I mean, that kind of, we've discussed it a little bit now, but this kind of brings me to the main points uh, I wanted to chat about, which is the Maltese's relationship to planche and back lever. So um, in the past, I've very much looked at Maltese as just an advanced planche, like it just involves you leaning further and further. So once you can full planche, you're just taking that planche lower and lower down into that Maltese. And it also kind of 
dictated how I trained for Maltese in terms of the prerequisites. There were always uh, different ways um, of planche almost. Like um, the when I would train between the blocks, it was a super strong protraction of the shoulders, hollow body, start up tall and lower down. Uh, whether I was holding it or pulling back up, um, it was very much in my head. Like this is just like a planche negative and same positions and everything. Um, when I was doing Maltese uh, on cross trainers, it was the same thing, like try to protract, blah, blah, blah. And when I was doing support on the rings and trying to lean forward, it was also, I was thinking of planche. Okay, I'm just, I'm not like trying to keep the uh, hands higher than the hips, but I'm trying to have that same intention that I would with planche. Then uh, I can't remember what it was, but you made a post or we were chatting uh, through Instagram messages and, or maybe it was a video that you put up and spoke about on Facebook of how you got your first Maltese, but you were relating the Maltese to a back lever. And I've never thought of it that way. Or if I had, it was just like a fleeting moment of thought, but it was just very much set in my head that Maltese was a low planche, but you put it in my head. You didn't necessarily say this word for word, but that Maltese could be a high back lever. And I don't know if anyone's going to be watching this thinking like, what's the difference? But to me, there's a big difference in your approach to the skill if you look at it either of those ways. So you did mention you looked at Maltese as a press when we first started chatting. Um, and to me, that would relate Maltese more to a planching type of movement. But with a back lever, um, I guess there's like a point where something turns from a pull to a push. But to me, a back lever is a pulling movement. Um, even though there is like a push with the shoulders. Um, yeah. So to me, if a Maltese is more like a high back lever, it becomes more of like a pulling movement rather than the push you might find in the planche. Um, so I know I've said a lot just then. I'll let you kind of like jump in here. In terms yeah. of that approach, uh, Maltese, low planche, high back lever, where do you kind of sit in your intention within the movement and relating it to those skills that you could likely call prerequisites to a Maltese? Yeah, so I would say obviously like back lever, Maltese, first off, Maltese is exactly halfway between a back lever and a punch, right? So I wouldn't say it's right to say it's a low, it's only a low planche, and I wouldn't say it's right to say it's only a high back lever. It's exactly a perfect flat Maltese, perfect level Maltese should be kind of exactly halfway between the two. So for me, in terms of developing the skill in the most kind of well-rounded way possible, it makes sense to attack it from both angles. So some of your training would be starting in planche, trying to lower down, and some of your training would be starting in back lever, trying to lift up. Obviously, going from a back lever and pressing up into a Maltese is obviously a lot harder than a Maltese itself. Mm. But... For example, when you're using dumbbells and stuff like that, if you can do any training where you're kind of going slightly below the Maltese and kind of strengthening that slightly below the position, hmm. um, that's just going to only serve to, to build the skill in a more well-rounded way. And for me, the, the planche and the Maltese and the back lever are like, obviously the joint angles are slightly different and the positions are different, but they're all essentially the same skill because the body's hold, the body's held horizontal. And although the arms are in a different position relating to your body, they're all pressing in the same direction. They're all 
shoulder flexion skills. Mm -hmm. All of them are using the chest, the anterior deltoid. Just one that one of them is arms behind the body, one arms level, one arms in front. So I think they all they all relate together. You know, improving back lever will indirectly improve your planche, and improving planche will indirectly improve your uh, multique. And there's kind of a transfer between the three of them because they're all essentially very similar skills in my head. Mm. So do, do you even look at the back lever as a um, a pushing or a pressing movement? Is that right? I would say so because although although the arms are behind you, you're still contracting the muscles the in a that you're still trying to flex the shoulders forwards. It's still a shoulder flexion movement. Sure. So although the joint, although the joint angle is different, it's still using those uh, kind of pushing muscles on the anterior um, of the body. So okay. in my in my head, I would still consider it a pushing a pushing movement. Okay. And have you found success? Uh prioritizing your training more towards planche or more towards back lever because i feel like um even though you could start to how you said press from back lever to maltes multi uh, back lever feels more limiting in terms of like where you could progress because like once you can do a full back lever that will happen pretty early on in your um gymnastic strength journey so where to from here kind of thing if you're looking to use the back lever to train for multis it seems like planche has a lot more uh time and range to explore as you develop your multis did you find yourself yeah. leaning towards the planche or back lever more so yeah no I, I think i would agree with you i think that it's probably easier and more beneficial to train the multis kind of as a as a low planche i think that's generally the better approach but my my thing is i wouldn't ignore the back lever completely i think it's something to it's kind of an added little piece of the puzzle which a lot of people miss out on and my kind of ethos with training these skills is to try and develop in the most well-rounded way possible and i believe it's like if you attack the skill from as many different angles as possible you're just training the muscles um in the best way possible to kind of cope with the skill so rather than just training it in one way, you might have one way that you kind of prioritize and do more, but then also doing a little bit of accessory work the other way, just mm. to keep the muscles healthy, keep the joints healthy, and just to develop that skill through its kind of full range of motion. Mm. Yeah, it's almost like if you're attacking it in different directions, you can't lose, you can only gain from yeah. doing that. Um, Absolutely. And you saying that, uh, it's triggered another question I don't think I've written down. Um, probably again, because I'm thinking how to articulate it, is it feels like with a back lever or progressing a back lever up to a high, uh, a high back lever or a Maltese, it very much feels like your biceps are like hanging on or they're your limiting factor almost, mm. even though they're not the main thing contributing to the movement. If they can't do it, you won't get the movement. Whereas with planche, it never feels like the biceps are your limiting factor. It always feels like the biceps, like they obviously need to be strong, but it's more like, are the shoulders strong enough? Is the chest shoulder enough? What? Is the chest strong enough? Are the shoulders strong enough? Um, so I'm thinking when, like the light bulb moment for me, when you were mentioning the, um, when you were saying about like, relating back lever to Maltese was that feeling that a Maltese should feel kind of like your biceps are hanging on that bit more than they would so in a planche. Is that a 
like an accurate way of looking at it or the type of feel you would be looking for? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely think, I definitely agree with you, and I feel like you definitely feel more stress through the elbows and through the bicep on a back lever compared to mm. a bunch. Um, and I don't know the exact reason for that, but I would imagine it's, I would imagine it's just because obviously in a back lever, your wrist will probably be supinated, whereas in a punch, they're more likely to be neutral. So in a neutral, mm -hmm. in a neutral position for the plant, you're, you're going to place less stress on the biceps. Whereas if you were, if you were to do a supinated full plunge with your elbows fully locked out, it probably would start to feel more like back lever in mm. terms of the feel through the elbows. Yeah. So my, my guess is that's probably the reason for that. But that is, again is that's why I feel the back lever is a good prerequisite for the Maltese, and it's a good thing to train alongside it because it perhaps trains the elbow complex better than doing a punch on the parallax with. Mm. That makes heaps of, heaps of sense, actually. The supinated mm. position. Um, okay, so. Um... kind of covered the last few questions actually um is cool. there a benefit to looking at multis like uh well i guess we kind of answered that it was is there any kind of benefit to looking at the multis as a low plancher or high back lever or is it better to just look at multis as a multis in terms of like the intention that you bring into the skill mm -hmm. is um, yeah go on in terms of developing like absolute strength that you need for the Maltese it's better to treat it as a low planche because you're like you like you kind of said before back lever feels a little bit more limited and you're not going to be able to maybe press with your full capacity from a back lever position whereas from planche it's going to be easier to like fully recruit the muscle fibers and produce absolute maximum force output mm. so in terms of building that kind of absolute strength that you need for the Maltese training thinking of it as a low planche is probably more beneficial but i would definitely advocate doing some kind of work below the multis in terms of a high back lever just in terms of building good well-roundedness uh, of the skill through its full range of motion and also to condition those elbows mm -hmm. and for you personally does multis feel more like a planche or more like a back lever um or does it feel unique yeah, I mean, it definitely feels different to the two. Um, I would say the way that I do it, it feels more similar to plant than back lever, but I still stand by doing some kind of back lever training to kind of uh, facilitate the the, the learning of the skill um, kind of holistically. Mm. But it definitely it feels more like a plant than a Maltese, but, sorry, more like a plant than a back lever, but still feels very much unique. Okay. Um, different to the two, yeah. Okay. And um, in terms of the training, so before you were talking about the bent arm strength, the dumbbells and using a band, when we talk about how the planche and the back lever help with the multis, um, is it more just about solidifying your ability to perform a planche and a back lever? Or are there specific exercises that you would bring into it, like lowering from planche down to multis with a band or pressing from back lever up to multis with a spotter or something that you also mm. recommend um that can that can definitely be helpful but in in my head planche and back lever are more so prerequisites rather than working sets towards the multis the multis definitely needs more 
um, specific work specific to the joint angles of the skill because obviously in planche and back lever your hands are quite close together whereas in multis you go out into this this wider position 45 so degrees you would say pretty much it, it depends on your it depends on your proportions i mm -hmm. think if you're if you're shorter then it ends up being arms a little bit wider to balance because you have to get your hands in line with your center of mass whereas if your taller hands are a little bit narrower but it's still going to be definitely arms wider than back lever or plant. So it definitely requires a bit of specific work at those specific joint angles with the arms a little bit wider. Mm. Um, and that's why I really liked training with the dumbbells because obviously that replicates the, the position um, perfectly. Have you um, ever used a barbell to do it? Um, I, I think I probably have, but not, not as much. The main, the main benefit of the dumbbell is that, um, you're kind of having to stabilize the dumbbells, which is more similar to the rings, and also yeah. it gives you, the, and it also gives you the option of going below the Maltese to train the bottom range of motion as well. Whereas obviously with a barbell, you're going to stop at your hips. Yeah, so that, that's how I would look at it as well. I've just I've seen people use a barbell before, but um, not really seen the reason why you would choose that think, instead of the I think dumbbells. It's, it's still beneficial, but I would say dumbbells are just generally more convenient if, if you've got access to them. That would be the superior superior method just yeah. because it it allows you to move them exactly where you want to rather than your hands being fixed and it allows you to go lower than the multi-use position as well yeah yeah i guess the last thing i wanted to ask or to end on is what are your thoughts on the multis as a strength skill the um the benefits that it gives to like general strength and the um how do i word this the uh the potential for like, I don't want to say average, but I can't think of a better word, the average calisthenics athlete to get that skill. Because like yeah. I put it pretty high up on a pedestal in terms of what it takes to achieve the multis for the average size person who is willing to commit the time to do it. It still, I think, takes a shit ton of effort and strength to oh, achieve yeah. it. Um, and I also think when you get to the the point where you, again, five foot ten guy that's put in the work, achieves a Maltese, um, I think you'll be insanely strong. But much like my journey to full planche, I do start to think now that for me, looking for the strength for full planche, it's becoming pretty specific. Like there's not huge carryover to other things now um it's uh what's uh the, the said principle like it's just if i want to get full planche now i need to start training planche and start training full planche positions with bands with spotters and yeah so i think it gets to the point where you've got to love the skill to make it yeah. worth training for it because i think it yeah it just gets to a point where um this is very specific on specific muscles it's a specific position um so yeah what are your thoughts on maltese as a whole um there's kind of two parts to that question i think um for you mentioned like what carryover does the maltese have to other other aspects of kind of calisthenics and gymnastics um and going but going back to what we spoke about earlier about uh, bench press like a lot of the i don't know about other countries but a lot of the team gb gymnasts but you know they do they do a little bit of weightlifting maybe once or twice a week as accessory work for their training 
but they're lifting very, very heavy compared to their body weight. And I think that's, that's a result of their body weight training rather than as their, their weight training. So mm -hmm. in my head, they can, they can do one and a half times body weight bench press because they can do Maltese rather mm -hmm. than because they've done lots and lots of bench press. So it's kind of like you said, if you can do a Maltese, you're going to be very strong and that's going to carry over to any other upper body pressing element. You know, your, your chest and your shoulders are going to be very, very well developed and any other skill which requires those muscle groups is going to be very much further ahead than someone who hasn't got that same training background in that particular skill. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't remember the other point that you, you um, mentioned. The potential yeah, for good. like the average but well-committed oh, yeah. male mm -hmm. or female, but you know, males are going <laughs> to have such a greater advantage with their natural upper yeah. body strength um, to achieve the skill. How yeah, realistic I mean, is like, this? Should we be doing it? I would, you know, I would consider myself uh, and like we've spoken about, kind of an average build male, kind of average height, average weight, and I'm not. I wasn't trained as a high level athlete from an early age. Um, my Maltese that I did was, you know, it was far from perfect, but it was definitely good enough that it would, that it would be credited in a gymnastics competition. Mm -hmm. um, I started training like really, really heavily and really specifically for the Maltese in like January, 2021. And I held my first Maltese in June that year. So I, it took mm -hmm. me six months of like very, very dedicated very specific training to get there and that and that was you know by that point i'd been doing quite heavyweight strength training for almost 10 years already so i had a good strength training background i'd been i'd been able to cross for many many years i'd been i'd already yeah. been able to do a, a full punch at that point and it took me a further six months to get it so i think the I think it's definitely possible for someone who's dedicated and committed for an average person who's dedicated and committed to getting it is definitely possible. Um, but people should be wary of how long the process will take because I would say starting at straddle planche, it's probably going to be a good 18 months for most mm. people. And if you, if you experience any kind of injury or setback along the way, then that's going to obviously be a lot longer. Mm. So the main, the main, the main thing really is just, setting a uh, kind of very patient training program which allows you to gradually progress towards it not rushing towards it and getting injured and setting yourself back even further mm. that's the main the main thing if you want to get it quickly is just don't get injured mm. <laughs> and the best the best way to do that is to get very very strong before you start doing specifics yeah and then progress it very very gradually so i think it's that it's definitely possible for the average lean strong male to achieve it but it will definitely take time so it depends whether that's a high priority for you or not really yeah do you still want to be doing rings in 10 years time basically they yeah. need to ask themselves <laughs> um exactly. and where do you see yourself with the skill man um are you going to keep training it, um, is it I... um, so, so much effort that it's detracting from the other things you need to put into your routines yeah i mean i you know, I, I'm very much training at the moment. I'm trying to train gymnastics and all around us. So I'm training skills on all six pieces of apparatus, and I don't have nearly enough time or energy to kind of train all skills at the same time. So yeah. it's very much a handful of skills whilst I rest others, and then a kind of cycle and change between them. So you know, I I think I held a full Maltese maybe three or four times in uh back in june last year and i've not i've not done it since i've not trained multi since mm. um 
if I wanted if I wanted to uh, to get it again, then I think it would obviously be easier having done it previously. But it was very much a case of that's done. Now I'm going to move on to the next thing, rather than something that you know because because it's such a difficult element. Mm. It's not something that's going to be easy to maintain. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's not the kind of thing that you're going to be able to do every session, especially as a bigger, taller person. Like if you were training six days a week and you were a lot smaller and a lot slighter, you would be able to maintain that skill. Yeah. But for me, it was it was very much like a very uh, well planned tapering period and all that kind of stuff in order to attempt and achieve the goal. So it's not it's never going to be the kind of skill that I'll be able to do every time. Mm. Were you coaching yourself, so, or did you have your coach writing the program for you? No, I've, I've, I I write all of my own training programs. I've never really had, you know, I I, I receive bits and pieces of advice and, and help from other people, but generally I, I, I'm i in charge of my own training, yeah. Mm. Impressive, man. Isn't it a shame that you can't just unlock a skill and then put it in your pocket to recall <laughs> whenever you need it again? <laughs> yeah, like, I think you and me definitely can do that, but just the skills are just much less so. Like for me with straddle planche, um, with comments and stuff I've received on YouTube, um, it's a, some people assume that because I've done straddle planche in the past, the straddle planche is just always there for me. Um, mm -hmm. But even that for me is something that I have to peak to. And then yeah. once I stop uh, with that intensity, back off and have a break, like say there's other skills I want to train, I'll need to build back up to that again. Mm -hmm um so yeah i yeah, totally understand where you're coming from there's a, there's, all, there's always be, there's always going to be some skills that you can kind of pull out at any occasion but they're going to be well below your kind of maximum capacity yeah so for me i would put i would put straddle planche in the category of skills that i can pretty much do whenever like even if i'm a little bit um if i've gained a little bit of weight and i've not trained straddle planche for a while i can still generally do it whereas cross i would definitely need to be lean and have done quite a lot of volume before i attempted a full body weight cross because otherwise i think i would hurt my elbows mm. and maltese maltese is definitely um an enigma whereby i would need a very structured build up to it in order to attempt it safely that's not something i would be able to just jump up on the rings and do um yeah if if, if i had the the inclination and the motivation to do maltese again in the future i'm sure i would be able to do that um but it was it would take a very structured period of training to to get back to that level of kind of lean physique and strength and all that kind of stuff to be able to do it nicely yeah it, w it would be very cool though to see it again <laughs> do you like yeah. the maltese is that a skill you like to train for or was it more like a um no yeah i i, like I, an, I love a mount rushmore of ring skills that you just wanted to tick off i love i love maltese i think it's one of the one of the most impressive looking ring strength skills mm um if it's if it's done correctly it just def it defies gravity and it feels really nice like i've i've always preferred pushing to pulling like i i don't my pulling strength is not that great like best uh, best front lever i've ever done is about four or five seconds mm -hmm. i've never been anywhere near to one arm pull up um my pulling strength is not that great but pressing i just i enjoy the sensation of pressing for whatever reason so maltese is definitely it's a skill that i enjoy training and it's a skill that i enjoy doing yeah. Plus, it, plus it looks incredible. So that's an added benefit. Yeah, it's one of my favorites as well. 
Um, I think like pressing is a lot more prevalent in rings anyway, or in gymnastic strength, right? Compared to pulling, or would you disagree? Yeah, definitely. Almost, almost all high level rings elements are some kind of variation of back lever multis or punch. There's not that apart from like Victor, apart from Victorian, there's not that many kind of, uh, posterior chain elements really. And usually Um, you see like the ring specialists quite like pulled over and stuff as well in their posture and, uh, massive, and that's just to steps, their development. massive yeah and they'll obviously they'll do they'll do a little bit of pulling in their training to keep things a little bit more well balanced but yeah there aren't any like super high level pulling skills in rings generally. yeah all right man well that um that wraps it up man that's all the questions i had um awesome. again thanks so much for your time and uh i took a lot of value from this so hopefully i can edit this into something that's uh easy for the general public to watch consume and absorb into their own training brilliant yeah thank you for having me i look forward to seeing the seeing the end video